welcome to another episode of Men's Bible Study. Dr. Justin Hillhouse joins us again to continue our series through James. Today we will be learning about the trials and tribulations that we inevitably will go through in life. But with these trials will come wisdom, and how we can gain this wisdom through others and the Bible. Now, let's hear from Dr. Hillhouse. All right, gentlemen, if you would please find your seats. Find your seats. Open up your copy of God's Word. Turn it on. We're going to be in James chapter 1. We're still in James chapter 1, and we are in verse 5. James chapter 1, and we are going to look at verses 5 through 7, 5 through 8. And so it's going to be a good time. It's great to be here with you all this morning. And as you know, over the past several weeks, although uh, Sanford uh, showed up last week, which was awesome, right? Uh, talking a little bit about God and politics. We're continuing our study in the book of James. Now, James, uh, at the very beginning of, of his book, okay, uh, James kind of identifies as a disciple of Christ. He doesn't say that, hey, I'm the half-brother of Jesus, but rather he identifies as a follower of Jesus Christ. And then he goes immediately in and begins talking about trials and tribulations and all the things that we kind of go through, all this tough stuff that we go through in life. And so over the past couple weeks, John Mark has just simply been talking about different trials and tribulations and how we are to go through them. And some of those trials and tribulations affect us from the outside. There are things beyond our control that affect us. It could be uh, finances. Uh, you could uh, lose your job. It could be uh, uh, marital issues. It could be something that happened you know, beyond that you did not have anything control over. It could be health issues. Um, there are people all the time that are getting sick that there, there is no cause. I was in the hospital uh, just last week visiting an old high school friend and, 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 and they were diagnosed with cancer and, and she's sitting there and she's going, I have no clue how in the world this happened. And I said, I, I know and I'm sorry, me and her and my sister, we were all sitting there in the hospital room just kind of crying and praying all together and, and trying to see what to do and how to move forward and what we could do for her and and all of this stuff and so there are different trials that affect us from the outside that we have no control over and then there are some things that we go through that are self-inflicted if you know what i mean there are certain things that i do that you do and we make mistakes and then those mistakes cause us uh, to fail or to fall, and it could be completely our fault. But whether we are going through uh, those tough times that are self-inflicted or those times where we uh, are affected by what something else uh, is going on over here happening or somebody else affects us, no matter what those trials and tribulations are, when we hit James chapter 1, verse 5, there is a transition from, hey, we're going to face trials, we're going to face tribulations, we're going to face tough, tough times, to now, here is how you deal with it. Here is how you address it. As a matter of fact, King Solomon, one of the uh, wisest men in the world, he wrote this in Ecclesiastes 1.9. He said, what has been will be again. What has been done will be done again. There is nothing new under the sun. Solomon tells us that there's simply nothing new. Everything that you are going through, 
during a tough season, somebody has gone through it before. Y'all realize that? Everything that you're going through, somebody else has gone through it before. But it's a lot like this. There was a three-year-old that went out with his grandmother. They went to a chicken coop. They gathered some eggs, brought the eggs back in the next day for breakfast. Grandma cracks those eggs open, throws them in the pan, starts frying them up, serves them up to the little boy and his parents. And as they're sitting there eating breakfast, the three-year-old looks at his parents and looks specifically at his mom and says, Mama, did you know that these eggs came from chickens? And here is the point, is that for that three-year-old, he didn't know or realize that eggs came from chickens. But you see, there's a whole industry dedicated to gathering eggs from chickens. Are you with me on that? Okay, ask my wife, because she watches the price of eggs, because we go through so many of them. How many of y'all are with me on that? Which, by the way, the price of eggs have gone down. Thank you, Lord. Anyway, but for that kid, it's the first time he has really experienced taking an egg, putting it in the back, then taking it back home, and then frying it up. But for him, it was the first time for us, when it comes to different trials, when it comes to different tribulations, guess what? It could be our first time to go through it. Y'all with me on that? It could be your first time to experience a financial crisis. It could be your first time to experience certain things. I remember when uh, my dad uh, used to own a company and when we went through COVID, y'all remember that just a few years ago? The president of the company called my dad and I'll never forget because I'm sitting there in his house. He picks up the phone, he takes the call and this, it's this dude on the other end named Brian and I hear them talking and I hear my dad say this. He says, Brian, he goes, I've been through a depression back in the 80s. I've been through a recession in the early 90s. He said, but this COVID thing, he said, I have no clue how to handle it. He's never been through it before, never done it. If it was a depression, he'd know what to do. If it was a recession, he would know what to do. But it was the first time he had ever gone through a pandemic. He had no, he said, I don't know what to do. So we're just going to have to rely on what we've done in the past of trying and figure it out. You know, one of the most frustrating things was uh, during the pandemic was I'd be uh, on Facebook or something like that and I'd get an advertisement or I'd be on my uh, work email and there would be an email that would come through and it would be some dude trying to tell us, hey, listen, is your church going through a tough time through this uh, pandemic? Here's how you fix it. And when I'm reading that, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, dude, have you ever been through a pandemic? Do you even know what you're talking about? Y'all with me on that? How many of y'all got emails like that? Here's how to survive the pandemic. You have no clue because you've never been through it. It's the first time we've ever been through it all together. And so there's nothing new under the sun, but it could be new to you. It could be new to me. And so as we look at James chapter 1, verses 5 through 7, James starts and he begins 
by saying, hey, listen, we're all going to go through trials. We're all going to go through tribulations. And then he transitions into this in verse 5. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously. If you have uh, your Bible right there, man, circle that, underline that. Who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave in the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. The person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. Real quick, I just have one thought today. And all God's men said, I know, (laughs) I only have one thought today. And it comes from verse 5. But you see, that one thought that comes from verse 5, it is further explained in 6, 7, and even into 8. And it's simply this, is that God gives generously. God gives generously. If you look there in verse 5, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. When you look at this verse, we see that God has wisdom in abundance. And don't miss this part, guys, is that God's generosity is part of his character. It is not something that God just kind of does or he has some extra wisdom lying around. This is part of who God is. It is part of his very nature. It is part of his very character for God to be generous to us. Don't you love that? God wants to give you wisdom. God desires because he is generous towards us. Boy, don't you love being around somebody that's generous? Boy, I do. You know why? Because they pick up the check. (laughs) Y'all with me on that? They pick up the check. I love it when they are generous. And God is generous to us. In Matthew chapter 7, we see that famous passage there. Jesus is talking to his disciples about asking and seeking and knocking. And he says this afterwards in verse 11. It says, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? James writes to everyone. And he says, God gives generously. And who does he give generously to? He gives generously to all. He gives generously to all. We see even Jesus. What does he say? Even a father will give good gifts. An evil father will give good gifts to his children. He won't give, they won't ask for a piece of bread and he'd give them a snake. That's not what a father does. No, if a child asks, a father will give. And I don't know about you and your kids, and I know you over here, you're getting ready to have a third daughter. You know, good luck with all that, three, three girls, you know. But, you know, we as fathers, we want to give generously to our children. We want them to what? Live better than we do, right? We desire them to 
gather more wealth, to have a better family, to live in a better house, to have a, 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 a better experience in life when they reach my age. I want my kids to live better than I do when they reach my age. Are y'all with me on that? You want that. I want that. And so God gives generously. And He desires to see us grow. He wants us to have good things. And so what does James says? He says, if any of you lacks wisdom. So a couple weeks ago, John Mark talked about us going through trials and tribulations in James 1, 1 through 4. Now in verse 5, we see that if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. Wisdom is defined like this. Knowledge of what is true or right coupled with just judgment as to action. Let me say that again. Wisdom is knowledge of what is true or right coupled with just judgment as to action. Basically, what wisdom is, is it is taking what we know and then applying it appropriately. Uh, you've heard of the term useless information. How many of you have heard the term useless information? How many of you, your heads are full of useless information? Rex, your hand was the first to go up. Do you have any useless information to share with us? I don't know. You don't know? All right. Anybody have a useless fact? Anybody? Any useless? Five out of four people have problems with math. That's good. Man, that's deep. Here's some more useless information. Did you know that 350 slices of pizza are eaten every second in the U.S.? So every second, one Mississippi. 350 slices of pizza were just eaten right then and there. That's some great information. Completely and totally useless. What are you going to use that information for? Did you know that flamingos can eat with their heads turned upside down? Did you know that? Some of you are like, who cares? Exactly. It's useless information. There's nothing you can do with that informa information. Did you know that that blob of, of toothpaste that you put on your toothbrush is called a nurdle? Do you know that? Yeah, okay, good. Well, thanks, Doug. I'm glad that you know that. You told us that last year. I know I did. I did tell you that last year. Now you know everything I know. Yippee. Did you know that an ostrich's eye is bigger than its brain? Useless information, right? Are y'all with me on that? Y'all say, hey, look, that's great information, but it does me no good. See, that's not wisdom. That's just simply knowledge. Now, the question is, is can you take what I have given you and use that later on today? The answer is, is absolutely not. There's absolutely no redeeming value in that information. Is it a great fact? Yes. It is, great. is it great knowledge that you can have fun with at a party? Sure. But is that going to help you today? Is that going to draw you closer to God today? Is that going to cause you to follow Jesus more today? Is that going to help you in your business today? Is that going to help you in your marriage today? 
If you get in an argument with your wife today or your girlfriend, okay, are you going to say, well, babe, did you know that little blob that you put on your toothpaste is called a nurdle? That's not going to help your relationship at all. That's just knowledge, guys. And for a lot of us here, our heads are full of just useless information. It is stuff to know. And it might be fun facts. But it doesn't do us any good. Eric Mason, in his book, Manhood Restored, places wisdom in terms like this that, that pertain to Christians like us today. He said this, and I quote, We tend to think of wisdom in terms of knowledge. But wisdom is far more than the accumulation of biblical knowledge. It is the ability to execute what you know about the information. It's the ability to execute what you know about the information. He goes on to talk about how wisdom is a biblical philosophy put into action. Wisdom is not just what knowledge is, but if followed correctly and put into appropriate action, it works. Wisdom only works if acted upon. Got that? Wisdom only works if acted upon. So if God gives wisdom generously, our response should be to act upon it faithfully. We see that God has a trend of giving generously. God forgives generously. Amen? Amen. God forgives generously. He sent His Son 2,000 years ago to die upon, upon a cross. He was dead, buried. Then He rose from the dead three, three days later so that you and I could have eternal life. And what does it say in 1 John 1, 9? If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. God gives forgiveness freely. That is great information. But here's the deal is it would be wise for you to use that. What do I mean by that? <laughs> It'd be wise for you to call upon God and say, God, will you please forgive me of my sins? Would you please give me that forgiveness that I so desperately need? I choose to follow you, Lord Jesus. See, that's good information. It's good to know that God is generous in forgiveness, but it does us no good if we don't put it into action. It's just good information to have. And the same is with wisdom. It is knowledge coupled with action. I always get scared when somebody says this. Ah, let me give you some free advice. <laughs> Last time I checked, you know, stuff that's free isn't really worth much. Y'all ever go to a conference and they give you this bag and you go into the conference and they have the the midway right there and you walk through and you open up your bag and they put all this stuff in there at the end of the day what do you do before you get on the plane to come home you throw it in the trash you know why because it is a bunch of junk it is a bunch of useless junk and a lot of times that's what free advice is 
It's useless. It doesn't help us any. Well, let me give you some free advice. You know what? You just keep your advice. Don't really need it. Proverbs 2, 6 through 8 in the CEV uh, version, but we have the NIV up here, and that's okay. It says the same thing. It says, all wisdom comes from the Lord, and so do, and so do common sense and understanding. God gives helpful advice to anyone who obeys Him and protects all of those who live as they should. So what is it worth following? Well, we should know some things about wisdom. First of all, wisdom has a standard. Say, what, what do I listen to and what do I not listen to? Wisdom has a standard. Proverbs 3, 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. What is the standard? First of all, don't depend upon your own quote-unquote wisdom. Be careful. Be careful of what you really think. Wisdom is never gray. Wisdom does not give bad advice. You can give some bad advice. You can give some gray advice. But wisdom does not contain evil. Wisdom does not contain sin. If you go to somebody and you say, hey, listen, I need your advice. And part of their advice is, hey, listen, you should probably, you know, there's probably a little sin mixed involved with that. Not good advice, not good wisdom, not wisdom at all. Wisdom is always right. Scripture will never advise you to go in a way that is somewhat or kind of right. You got that? Wisdom will never advise you to do something that's sort of okay or sort of right. It will only tell you what is right and what is wrong. There is no gray area. You can study this later, but in James chapter 3, verse 17, it says this, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all, ah, it is pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. If the advice you're getting does not fit any of those parameters right there, you're not getting true wisdom. 1 Corinthians 2.6 We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Scripture is full of wisdom. It is full of knowledge just waiting for us to learn, to understand, and then to apply and act upon. Real quick, if you need wisdom about business, you can go and you'll just need to write these down or see me afterwards. You can go to Proverbs 10.4, Leviticus 19.36, or Amos 5.11. If you need advice in marriage, if you need wisdom about marriage, go to Song of Solomon chapter 8 verses 6 through 7, or just read the whole book of Song of Solomon. Uh, It's pretty good, but it might be a little difficult to understand, but you'll get it. Ephesians 4, 2 and 3. Ephesians 5, 20 through 33. If you need advice or wisdom about your finances, Deuteronomy 28, 1 through 6. Galatians 3, 29 and Matthew 6, 
21. If you're just experiencing trouble and you need wisdom in how to deal with your troubles, here's Psalm 46, verse 1. Nahum 1, 7 and Romans 5, 3 through 5. If you need wisdom in dealing with your kids, you with me on this, guys? I'm telling you, I almost, I almost killed my, my son yesterday. Y'all with me on that? Just sometimes he needed a good killing. <laughs> Man, if you need wisdom with your children, yeah, yeah, he takes after his daddy. Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7, Proverbs 22, verse 6, and Hebrews 12, 11. Cornelius Platigo said this. Wisdom in Scripture is, broadly speaking, the knowledge of God's world and the knack of fitting oneself into it. I like that. Let me say it again. Wisdom in Scripture is, broadly speaking, the knowledge of God's world and the knack of fitting oneself into it. So we see that wisdom has a standard. There is a standard out there of wisdom. And you can check James uh, 3.17. That's your standard right there of what wisdom is. But then also we see this is that wisdom comes from righteous experiences. Wisdom comes from righteous experiences. If you remember or know righteous or righteousness simply means the ability of of doing something right or of being right. And so when you see Job chapter 12, verse 12, it says this, it is not wisdom, is not wisdom found among the aged. Does not long life bring understanding. Hey guys, there are some of you in here, you've been around the block a few times. Y'all with me on that? Huh? Oh, are you mad about that? Are you mad about being seasoned? Uh, you are? Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> You're mad about being old without wisdom. Well, that's your own fault. That's not, that's not my bag. There's, there's some of you guys in here, you've been around the block a few times. You've been through some experiences. You've been through some good. You've been through some bad. And from that, you have learned. And there are things that you can teach us. There are some biblical things that you can teach us. One of my favorite things to do uh, as a minister is to have a, a young marriage class, like newlyweds, that come in and then have an older, more mature couple teaching them. Because what's so great is you'll get the young guy that'll call the, the older guy and he'll be like, man, I don't know what to do with my wife. <laughs> I'm confused. I don't, I don't know. I don't have anyone to call. And what will, that, what will that more mature gentleman say? Well, I've been through that. It's amazing. Sometimes I'll talk to my father and... Uh, I'll come, we'll start talking about, he'll start talking about my mom, I'll start talking about my wife, and it's amazing how similar our experiences actually are and how much wisdom he can impart uh, on me. You know, Sloan's, 
He just got engaged. And I'll tell you, it is mainly because of all the great wisdom about relationships I gave him. He just stopped. He finally started listening to me. (laughs) It's all that free advice. That's right. (laughs) Psalm 1, 1 and 2. Blessed is the one. I love this passage. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. But those, uh, but those delight in the law of the Lord and who meditate on his law day and night. If you noticed, you are blessed when you are in the company of those who seek to do what is right. You got that? You are blessed when you choose to be around those who choose to do what is right. And when you choose to be around those who desire to do what is right, they also want you and desire for you to do what is right, what is holy, and what is biblical. What's funny is, is people will enter my office, Fraser's office, every once in a while Sloan's office, the pastor's office, all the time. They will walk in and they will ask for advice. Ah, oh, we want to give you, you know, hey, I just need some advice. And our job is not to give advice. Our job is to give biblical knowledge and, and biblical wisdom. This is what God says. So therefore, if this is what God says, then this is what we should do. I always love it. Pastor will get done preaching. It happened this past Sunday. People will walk out. Oh, John Mark, that was a great sermon. You know, they're here, Graham. Oh, Graham, that that was a great sermon, man. You said a lot of great stuff in there. Here's the problem. Is that they say all this great stuff, but we don't do anything with it. Is what they're dispensing up there just good advice? The answer is is no. They are dispensing biblical knowledge, biblical wisdom. People are hearing it, but then they are not doing anything with it. They just kind of sit there and they they just go, okay, that's great. Uh, uh, People will come into our office and they will ask, hey, look, I'm really struggling in my relationship. I'm really struggling in this. We'll open up the Bible. We'll get God's wisdom from it. And then from there, we come up with some ways to address the issue. And then they'll go home and they will do the complete opposite thing. How many of you are with me on that? You've heard that? You know, you've told somebody, hey, listen, this is the biblical truth. And then they will go and do the complete opposite of that. And then they'll come back and be like, dude, I'm still struggling. I'm still having a hard time. Well, duh, because you didn't do what God told you to do. You didn't take God's wisdom, God's knowledge, and you didn't apply it correctly. You decided to try and do it yourself. And guys, that's not what we need to do. We need to listen to what God has to say. And then we need to take that and we need to apply it appropriately. What good does it do to seek out wisdom and then throw it in the trash? Y'all with me on that? What good is it to seek out wisdom and then to throw it in the trash? Thomas Fuller said this, 
A wise man may look ridiculous in the company of fools. A wise man may look ridiculous in the company of fools. Because guess what? Worldly wisdom, conventional wisdom, what this world has to offer does not look like what God has to offer. The world will not do it the way God will. And God wants us to do it differently. You know, I don't know if you were here last week, but Sanford, Scott Sanford said something that was awesome. It just, it blew me over. And he said this, and I've heard it all the time, and you probably had, but he said, you know, in politics, he said, we use the same weapons in politics as we do here as Christians. And he said, our weapons are not the weapons of the world. Right? What did he say? He said, our weapons are the fruit of the Spirit. And he said, the same weapons that we are called to use as men in the workplace and at home are the same weapons we are to use in politics. And I was just like... That's so awesome. That makes so much sense to use love, kindness, joy, peace, patience, self-control. To use all those fruits of the Spirit and to use that in politics. Guys, that's great wisdom right there. That's fantastic wisdom. If you're dealing with politics around the office, man, use that. If you're dealing with stuff at home, use that. Use the fruits of the Spirit. That's how we break down those strongholds. Man, that was good stuff. The way of the world, they have their own way of doing things. But this is how God teaches us, trains us to conquer the things of this world. But we have to use His knowledge. We have to use His wisdom. And for a lot of us, we look at it and we go, eh, I don't know if that's going to work. Trust me, if God said it, it's going to work. Because guess what? God gives it generously. And God wants you to conquer whatever it is you're going through. Have you thought about that? He wants you to navigate your way through the storm. God will either calm the storm you're going through or... He'll give you the navigational points to go through and to get to in order to get through the storm. Either way, God's providing a way out. But we have to take and listen to His wisdom. Because if you look in James 1, 6-7, it gives us a little bit of, a, of an explanation. It says this, But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave in the sea blown and tossed by the wind. So verse 1 through 4 talks about going through trials and tribulations. Verse 5 says, hey, listen, you're going to go through this stuff, so you're going to need wisdom to get through it. And then what does James follow it up with? He follows it up with this. Is you're going to hear wisdom from God, and you are going to hear wisdom from man. And you cannot vacillate between God's wisdom and man's wisdom. You can't vacillate between biblical wisdom and worldly wisdom. Rather, you must choose and follow it. And for those of you, there are most people that will say, I'll listen, I'll take this part over here, and then I'll take this part over, and then I'll take some of this over here. And then you try and combine it, and then you're always changing your mind. And so James actually addresses and says, hey, listen, pick a path and follow it. Otherwise, you're going to constantly be chasing 
just different advice from different people. And eventually, you won't make any gains in life. Eventually, you won't make any gains in your relationship because you're too busy listening to all this information and then not doing it or only doing it halfway. What does it say in verse 7? That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. Why is it? Because they can't decide which wisdom to follow. They can't decide what knowledge is true and what knowledge is not true. And so as we leave here today, guys, I just want to encourage you. God gives us wisdom generously. And if he gives wisdom generously, then don't just take it and go, oh, that's good, and then toss it to the side. Rather, take it and apply it because it is used for your benefit. You can use it for your benefit. God wants you to succeed. And that's not like a prosperity gospel or anything, but God wants to take whatever it is you're going through, and He wants you to be that light, to be that example, to show others what He can do for them. He wants to use you, and He's given you all the tools. So guys, just start using it. Start using the tools that God has given Start using His wisdom in your heart, in your life, and most of all, in your actions. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you for this day. Thank you that we could come here, we could open up your word, and we could learn from you. God, um, as we go forth in this, uh, in this day, um, Father, there are going to be some trials, some tribulations. Some of them might be small. Some of them might be big that we all encounter. God, we're going to need wisdom. Father, may we seek that wisdom from you. May we... Uh, May we take it and may we apply it uh, to our hearts and to our lives. God, we love you. We thank you. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. And all God's been said, y'all have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's Bible study. For more information regarding Cottonwood Creek, go to cottonwoodcreek.org. And we hope you tune in next time for more episodes of Men's Bible Study.